hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations raise more money and achieve greater success at your fundraising events. Now, if you're a fan of the podcast, we would like to ask you to please submit a review and give us five stars, if you would, on iTunes. That is hugely important because that'll help other people find us out there and help them learn more about event fundraising, and it's just so important. So uh, today's episode is brought to you, uh, as always, by three, I think, really nice people. <laughs> My buddy, Ian Loth. Ian is the vice president of marketing here at Winspire and also the actually the founder and the, the, the brain, this was her brainchild, Renee yeah. Zhao's brainchild to start this podcast. And uh, Renee has a company called Donation Match. Tell us a bit about your company, Renee. Uh, well, Donation Match was designed from my frustrations as an auction volunteer um, to help other nonprofits reach companies that are willing to donate to their auction raffles and gift bag giveaways a lot more easily by bringing them all to one place. Very cool. And of course, Winspire, uh, everybody should know what Winspire does. And uh, I love this company. Tell us a little bit about what you do, Ian. Great. Thanks, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, Winspire, if you don't know, uh, we're all about, we're the, we're all about, putting together unique experiences for the nonprofit fundraisers out there, live auctions, silent auctions, raffle prizes. Uh, we're unique because it's there's absolutely no risk. There's zero upfront cost to use our packages in your event. You pay absolutely nothing. Uh, it's free to reserve, and then you can sell them as many times as you want, and then you keep everything above the nonprofit cost. So uh, you only pay if it raises money in your event, and it's just a great fundraising tool to help round out your live auction offer. You can check more out at winspireme.com. Yeah, what I love about your travel experiences too, they 99% of them include airfare and nice hotel packages and concierge service, and they're just nice and easy. Um, I'm also a uh, sponsor here of the show. My name is Danny Hooper, and I'm a professional fundraising auctioneer, also the author of a best-selling book. It's called Easy Money, How You Can Generate or How to Generate Record Profits at Your Next Fundraising Auction Event. Uh, you can find it on Amazon by searching for Danny Hooper, that's H-O-O-P-E-R, uh, or you can go to dannyhooper.com and get a copy of the book through my website. So sometimes things just don't go as planned. And today we're in Laguna Hills, California, where we record events with benefits, and one of our guests canceled. <laughs> I can't believe it. And so what do you do? So what you do then is you just think about who else you can think of that would be a great guest on the show. And we catch my buddy, Dean Crownover, by total surprise. We phoned him to see if he could fill in this slot, and here's what happened. So well, this is perfect, actually. Okay, All right, what? I'm getting in my sound booth of a car. Here we go. Okay, you're, where are you right now? You're sitting what in a rental car? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw so when I pulled over, I saw Barnes and Nobles to go kill some time. So that's where I was in. Because you're now going, you're I ran going to back pick out to the car, and you're going to pick your wife up at the airport. That's right. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, my friend. We just had a guest cancel. We're here in Laguna. Uh, Beach or Laguna Hills, California, at the offices of Winspire recording a podcast today for events with benefits. I know you're a fan of the podcast. You listen to it. And I was just with you in St. Petersburg at the Benefit Auctioneer Specialist Summit. And I said to my friends, Renee and Ian, I said, we got to get Dean on the show. So we've got you. You're in a rental car. And <laughs> let's start talking. Let's start podcasting, buddy. All right. I love <laughs> and, it. Anyway, how you doing? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're based in Atlanta. Yeah, so I'm in Atlanta, and I've been in the auction, the benefit auction game, technically since 2008, but full time since 2012 or, or 13, somewhere around there, because I came from entertainment. So I did 20 years of 
acting, and a lot of that was what's called corporate acting, which is, um, uh, oh gosh, training films, uh, lots of live stuff, uh, MC work. I was an Elvis impersonator, a Forrest Gump impersonator. <laughs> I did some Trump work a long time ago. Um, I played hundreds of characters. I made a living doing murder mysteries wow. for a long time. Yeah. So what and drew so that's you? My background. So what drew you into the fundraising auction or benefit auction uh, arena? Uh, a, a pure fluke. What had happened was I got sent out on an acting gig to be a funny Frenchman. You know the ha 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 ha. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. And there were two can uh, can girls with me and. The job turned out to be a benefit auction for, I guess, a, a school. And we were just eye candy. But part of the deal was that I had to auction off some items. Now, this is before any of the auction shows were on TV or anything like that. So I had I made up what I thought it was like. And it went well. I'm sure now that I reflect <laughs> upon it, it was a disaster for them. It was, you know, I probably made them nothing, but to me, it worked fine. So a, another actor friend of mine said, hey, I heard you did that job. I volunteered to do one, and but I got a paying job. Would you mind filling in for me? And I was off that night, and I said, sure. And again, I just pulled from the entertainment side of things and didn't know the actual skill of selling um, in auction and, and fundraising, and it went great. And then people started to call, and I was doing it free to the point where I had to start charging a nominal fee. And then a woman calls me up and goes, hey, you need a license in Georgia. And I said, no, you don't. And I was really cocky, and you know, I, I thought I knew everything. And I called the state the next day, and they said, absolutely, you need one. And for, I, literally, I was in auction school two weeks later. Wow. And then I was joining the NAA, the BAS, and literally in a span of three months, I had a whole new career. Okay, so that's the National Auctioneers Association and the Benefit Auctioneer Specialist designation, which is special training that auctioneers receive those who want to specialize in the fundraising world. So what has your business grown into today? I know you're considered one of the most successful fundraising auctioneers in the entire country. So how did you get from there to here? Well, I don't know if the whole country, but in my house, I definitely am. Um, <laughs> well, I tell you, you're a big hit in St. Petersburg at the Benefit Auctioneer Summit. People love you, and uh, you were definitely one of the leaders in the room there, so it was great. So how, how did you do it? How did you get from where you started to where you've grown your business today? So I guess, I yeah, I had about four or five clients that were booking me regularly before I knew what I was doing, and now I'm up to about 93-ish, and in a span of, what, six years, something like that. So it was, it was a number of things. The National Auctioneers Association has the uh, Benefit Auctioneer Specialist designation. So going to that class was amazingly crucial for my career. And then from there, when I went to my first summit or convention for just Benefit Auctioneers, I met Janelle Taylor, who is an auctioneer in Florida, in the Tampa area, uh, goes uh, as and she was teaching other auctioneers how to be benefit auctioneers. And we just hit it off. And I just, I booked her as a coach. And I got to tell you, though, that was the biggest thing I did. And so 
she gave me lots of great feedback, and I'm all about making calls, networking, doing anything it takes to get going. And so I started doing that. I started booking some gigs. Um, as I booked more gigs, my fee grew, but my reputation grew. And, and I would say 90% of what I do is in Atlanta. So okay. what would happen is I'd be seen, and I'm, I think I'm very entertaining on stage, but I also do well by the organization and make them money. And other chair people or other organizations would be at the events, and I started passing out cards. All right. And it just grew. Well, that's good. Let's talk about some of the special things you bring to the table when it comes to raising money at an event. What are some of your favorite techniques, strategies, tools, whatever? So, yeah, I coach clients. Uh, that's part of my package. They get me A to Z. And so anything they, anything I can help them with, I do. So the, the fund a need or the special appeal, that's the call out to raise money, is incredibly uh, important to me and to my clients. Um, that's probably the biggest thing because, in a sense, it's free money. And um, it's the biggest revenue stream. That's my specialty. The live auction, of course. Um, I... I'm really good at giving them games, raffle idea, games ideas. We do a game called Heads or Tails, which I'm you know, sure somebody's yep. talked about on your podcast. Mm -hmm. um, rock, paper, scissors. I'm all about creating a. what I tell my clients is that you're a store for a day. You're a fundraiser, but you're disguised as a party. But we're building it as a fundraiser. So I try to draw on everything to help make a complete, complete, perfect fundraiser for them. What's uh, going on? What are you experiencing right now out in Atlanta and uh, the area where you specialize uh, in Georgia there? Uh, what, are some of the, well, what, what are some of the things that you're seeing going on right now that, that might be trendsetting? I think the biggest thing is I'm taking it, the fund a need or the special appeal. That's where we just raise for money um, out of the air. So it used to be you would put that in either at the end of the live auction or the middle of the live auction. And I found out that I'm one of very few people, or benefit auctioneers, I should say, that have now moved most of my clients, have moved the fund and need to the very front um, at the beginning of the program after the welcome and once they've gotten dinner. And it has tremendous success. And I was really shocked when I found out yesterday at the convention that I was one of four or five people doing it, which actually shocked me. I was assuming I'm always behind the curve. And so I got to tell you, though, moving it is changing the organization's lives. They are making so much more money now. And it's that one little tiny thing is changing my business. So how early are you starting to do the fund and need or the paddle raise? How soon in the evening are you doing that? So let's just say that the... Doors open at 7. We get them sat by 8. We do a welcome. Um, we give them a little free time at their tables to enjoy their dinner. Once all the entrees have gone down, assuming this is a seated dinner, of course, once they've all gone down, um, then it becomes, uh, then I, that's when the fund and eat goes on. Because that's when we have their attention. They have uh, had a couple of drinks, but they're not super party mode yet. As we say, two drinks good, three drinks bad, and they are ready for emotion. 
and we give them a, that. I'm, I'm all about what's called a one-two punch. That is, I like to bring up somebody for two minutes from the organization that is analytical, tells about what we need and why, and then, then we bring up a client of that organization that can tell a testimonial that's emotional. So, because people give both ways, and I want to make sure we paint a very good picture of why they need to give, and then that's when we hit them. And it just goes so great. How important are the live auctions? Do you feel live auctions are starting to taper off in popularity at events, or are they increasing, or are they as popular as ever? What are, what are you experiencing in your market? I believe they're slightly, ever so slightly decreasing. I'm finding that clients that use, you know, let's say did seven or eight items might be cutting it down to six or seven. Um, with the fund need going earlier, we're making more there, but the live suffers. But when I say suffer, that means uh, a client might go, oh, we made 5000 less in the live, and I'll go, yeah, but we made 50000 more in the fund need. Well, I always so say to my clients, it's it's the aggregate. It's the aggregate. It's the total at the end of the night. You don't care where you made the money. If it came from the live uh, or the cash appeal or, or fund a need, you're making the money one way or the other. But it is absolutely important to have the fund a need at your event, at every event. Do you think so? Oh, absolutely. And I know one of the new trends is I've got, let's call it 10% of my clients just want me for the fund a need. We're not doing a silent auction. We're not doing a live auction. We might do a game and a raffle, something in there. Mm-hmm. But it is fun to need specific. In mm-hmm. fact, I've got, I think, two of them coming up in the next two weeks. And we might underscore the importance of having somebody who is trained and specializes in asking for money because that is not an easy thing to do. And it's often very inefficient for the... For the organization's uh, executive director or chairperson or whatever to get up and make that ask because it is definitely part uh, science, but it's a whole lot of art and skill as well, just just as acting would be. You know, it's funny you said art and skill because uh, that's kind of the words I use too. And I tell, yeah, my clients, you know, we always hear the stories of how the chairman of the board or a dad or somebody jumped up and did the live auction but i never hear a story where anybody could just jump up and do the funding eater the appeal because most people do not know how to do it or execute it well so when i lay out my plan to a prospect of how we're going to work it and give them stories of how it's worked um that usually sells them right then and there on my services. But you're absolutely right. If you don't know how to do it, that's one of those things. I don't know if you should be up there doing it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, uh, what, what are some of the best uh, live auction items that you're seeing these days? Food, chef experiences, in-home experiences with chefs, foodies. Man, I tell you, Atlanta's a foodie town. We've got, you know, great restaurants popping up every day. So uh, great chefs. That's really big. Um, We have, well, in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Falcons, we have the Braves, and we have a soccer team, the Atlanta United. So those three, uh, both of them, all three of them have new stadiums. So those stadiums are top-notch. So the experiences there are luxury. And so I've got clients who are getting really high-end packages uh, that they can put together, uh, where you meet them, you know, great seats, all-you-can-eat food and drink. That's doing really well. 
But Atlanta has become Los Angeles uh, on the East Coast for uh, movies. There are movies being filmed every block. Wow. Like down the street from me a couple of years ago, Liam Neeson, literally three houses down, was standing there smoking a cigarette, filming Taken 3 at, at my friend's house. Huh. And I was, like, I was like, what's going on? So what's happening now is some of my clients are getting meet and greets or go to the set and hang out with a star. So I sold Hang Out with The Rock uh, recently. Um, in December, when they were filming the last Avengers movie, Liam, not Liam, what's, uh, Chris Hemsworth, who plays Thor, was at the event, and we together sold him, uh, hanging out with him all day long. It sold for like $35,000. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. So uh, people want to be with them. Yeah. So clearly experiential items, um, you know, experiential. We know that the travel is big. You talk about your great sport teams in Atlanta there. And one of the cool offerings that Winspire have here, uh, Ian, maybe you can talk to this for just a, a moment, is your uh, choice of a sport a team that you want to see in uh, just about all of the major leagues. So tell us about that package where the successful bidder can pick a game to see a, a basketball game or baseball or, or football. Well, yeah, I think, I think you just about said it. I mean, we have ultimate football, ultimate basketball. You can go anywhere in the country, and the key is, right, people have interest in teams all over the country. It might not be in their local market, but the, the packages that have the highest perceived value, like, you know, like Dean was mentioning, are the ones where people can go just you know, travel maybe with a group of people and go see uh, their team in a beautiful suite. Those are the ones that are going to go for, you know, tens of thousands of dollars versus just, you know, a few thousand. Uh, so that's that's where, really where we've seen some major success. Uh, Dean, did you, uh, have, have you used consignment in your in your uh, events? What is your kind of attitude towards it? And you can be brutally honest with me. I, I'm, I don't want you to uh, blow any smoke here. No, I won't. And, and, and in fact, uh, and I will say, absolutely, your company, Winspire, is top-notch. Cool. Uh, I've sold a, a few Winspire things. And there are a lot of fly-by-night companies. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some top-notch ones, and you guys are definitely it. And I'm not blowing smoke. I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. Uh, my um, thoughts, and actually most auctioneers' thoughts, because we just did a survey yesterday and got the results, I believe that when a client, when I feel a client absolutely needs consignment, then we're going to get it. Right. Um, I am about getting 100% free first if we can. Totally. But when it makes sense, I am all about let's give, let's, I will send my client to go talk to a couple of consignment companies and we will kind of narrow down. You guys have great travel options. Uh, in, in, in Atlanta, the tropics, the Caribbean is not too far away. Right. So that is very big. People want to get away and get in the sun. Right. And you guys have a lot of great stuff, but that's number one uh, as far as consignment goes. Um, but yeah, I, I push it when it when it's needed. I think and I think you make a great point, and, and we're all about that here too. I mean, we do not. No live auction should be 100% consignment items. That's just not how it should go, right? Uh, people need to go out and get uh, items donated, create local uh, community experiences, local chefs, local celebrities, local sports teams. Uh, but oftentimes it's, you know, you, sh- you should have, you know, what do you recommend? Six to ten items usually in your live auction? Yeah, that's about average. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because um, we base it on time. Um, 
takes me about three to five minutes an item, so Perfect. we base it that way. But it's quality over quantity. Exactly, and sometimes, and usually, it's the uh, you know the first four or five items are come in really quickly, are pretty decently um, easy to procure. But it's those last those last three to four that can be really difficult to have items or experiences that are high enough value, right? And that's that's really where we try to come in and, and help round out, have those kind of highlighted uh, packages, right? We we don't want to be your 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 everything in the in the live auction. Well, you know, Ian, one of the major great things about consignment companies is that I can sell multiples, meaning that once I've sold the first one, I can sell to the backup bidders, which is great. But also, you know, a a package that you may have with a lower reserve that the client can buy may be extraordinarily wonderful for a game. Uh, Like the Heads or Tails is a fun game, but being the prize. And let's just call it that it's a Caribbean getaway that you guys offer well, people will will sell out to play that game because they want to get away. And if they're only paying $25 or $50 to play, you know, that adds up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And that makes that client quite a bit of money. And it's because they had a good package like that. So that's a great idea to use a consignment package then as a, as a prize, as a game prize. We've also seen them used very successfully as raffle prizes. Uh, they're great in the silent auction or in a super silent auction. And one of the best tips I like to pass along to my clients all the time, Dean, is go out and find an underwriter. If you're going to use consignment and you're going to take a couple of consignment items and add them to your auction because they add a lot of uh, sizzle and, and excitement to the event, go out and find somebody to underwrite those items. So go to the local car dealer instead of just asking for a cash donation uh, that you throw into the sponsorship kitty. Uh, give them the opportunity maybe to sponsor that shopping spree to New York or that trip to Italy. There's a lot more sex appeal and sizzle to that, and the underwriters tend to love that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And it and it it makes them look good, even though I'm sure they are good-hearted, but it really makes them look good because they want to see this organization succeed. Totally. Now, Dean, I, uh, to switch gears just a little bit, um, you know, as far as procurement goes, right, procurement of these, these items in the local community, are there any tips that you find yourself consulting nonprofits on in terms of where they should start, right? Um, you know, who should they be networking with? How, how do they, should they go about trying to procure some of these items in their local community? Ah, great question. So when I work with a client, um, I give them a guidebook that I've written, and it's about 50, 60 pages. And one of the chapters is all about acquisitions and procurement, and I have a, uh, a list of tips on how to go ask. Because that's most of – a lot of volunteers work for these uh, – going out for these items, and they're skittish. They don't know what to do. Um, one of the, the things I tell them is act like you are partnering with the donor to make this – event a success walk in with that attitude don't walk in with the please give me give me attitude walk in with we're going to be partners on this you're going to help us i'm going to help you and we're going to make we're going to change lives because ultimately that's what's happening you know these organizations are out there to make lives better so um i always say ask for items that your particular clients the guest in that room on that night of the gala want. But going back to that store for a day mentality, that I have my clients mine their data from the years before, what is it that sells well there? What sells above 60%? 
You know, is it getaway? Is it getaways? Is it food? Is it booze? Is it travel? What is it? So um, I have them really grill that down and then figure out who they want to go ask. And then when they go ask as a partner, they can tell them, listen, you know, uh, stores like yours do very well for our guests and sell at, you know, such and such rate. So I tell them, don't be scared. But the best time to ask by far, and I'm sure Danny would agree with this, is when you yourself are paying the bill because you went to eat at that restaurant or you're buying at that store. That's the best time to ask for a donation. So keep a lot of those donation forms in your car. Run out and get one while you're paying the bill. Ask for a donation. Well, that's a great point you make, you know, and I'm going to tell a story very quickly. This past summer, I had the opportunity to go hiking up in Canada at one of the top, uh, the country's top five backcountry lodges, and it was amazing. They fly you in by helicopter, and there's a gourmet chef up at the lodge, and every day you're hiking for hours with guides, and you're in grizzly bear country. It was really remarkable, one of the best experiences I've had in my lifetime. I was able to talk to the owner of that lodge and see if they would consider providing that on a consignment basis. And now Windspire is going to be uh, taking on on that package. So, And it all started with a simple ask. And your point about keep donation forms with you when you're going out to local businesses in your community, don't be afraid to ask people to make a contribution to your auction. And that should be ongoing throughout the year. You shouldn't wait until a month or two before your event and the panic is on now to run out and get items for your, for your auction or for your event. That should be ongoing throughout the year. Question for you, Dean. Right, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, well, go. Let me say something on that real quick. You're absolutely right. When you're crunched up against, against time and you tell volunteers, go get 10 items, most of the time, nine out they'll go to the first ten stores or, or vendors, and ten of those, nine out of ten of those are terrible to sell at an auction. So you are absolutely right there. Love that. So, and I think you've you've keyed on a really good point about just kind of when to ask, the appropriate time to ask. Um, I'd, I'd like to, if you could talk for a second about perhaps even selling multiples of donated items. Have you ever had experiences where you've gotten a donation from a, a, a restaurant or anyone and you've you've asked even if lightning strikes, can we sell this multiple time, multiple times? I know Danny has talked about it. Has that ever uh, crossed your path? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I find if the donor's in the room, if they have not already said early on, if they couldn't be there or said, yes, sell two, because um, I'm a big fan of having my clients ask them, and the, the term is double down. Right. Can we double down on this? Can we sell many? Um, one of my favorite stories is, and I, and I won't name who they were, but they were very big up in a restaurant, and they have a sporting event that they sponsor. And I had asked them at the beginning when I met them uh, on site, uh, and it was an exclusive VIP package they were giving at the sporting event. It's very hard to get into. And I said, can we sell two if it goes really well? And he goes, absolutely not. Nope. I said, okay. I said, but if you change your mind, just hold up you know, the two, two fingers. I'll look at you and hold up two fingers. And he goes, I'm not going to, I don't need to do that. I said, okay, thank you. Thank you for your donation. Thank you so much. And so later I went on to sell it and it just skyrocketed. The bids were going, there was a bidding war and they had never seen it go that far. And I turned to him and I just looked at him and he just dramatically was holding up those two fingers. Yeah, and sure. Yeah, you know it's the he got wrapped up, and I see a lot of chefs that I work with on stage get wrapped up in the excitement 
and the good that it's doing for this organization. And um, a lot of people don't, if they have not seen it go high, they've only seen it undersell. That's why they don't want to do two. Exactly. So, yeah. It's always good when you're talking to a local restaurant and getting a donation of a dinner with their chef, or it's a chef's table uh, type of uh, donation. It's always good to ask, of course, for that second donation if lightning strikes. And if they decline that, then to negotiate what the purchase price is going to be on a second package at that time. They're donating the first package. You can ask the, the chef or restaurant owner, what will our cost be? to get a second dinner for eight at the restaurant with food and wine and to, at the same time, you know, expect to negotiate a, a deep discount, hopefully. So you've got that in your back pocket. And that way, if that dinner happens to sell for $10,000, you know well in advance that your cost on it is, say, 1500 or $1,600, a couple hundred dollars ahead, and you, you know that you can go ahead and double up then. Oh, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. But but people don't think about doing that. And you need to think about doing that at the time that you're procuring your donations. Always be thinking, can we get, you know, set ourselves up for multiples one way or the other? You got to be a mathematician, don't you, Danny? A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. We're not, a, we're, we're good number counters as auctioneers, but we're not always mathematicians. That's a, that's a whole, whole different deal. Well, all right. Well, Dean, I'll tell you, I'm so glad that uh, you've been able to join us in events with benefits here. Uh, I know that you provide as a service to your clients, you talked about the, the information booklet you provide, but you also have a number of checklists that you have developed on your own that are very, very helpful for your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of have a system that I run them through. And um, we start with that first meeting in person, which is called an event envisioning, event envisioning. And so I want to hear everything they want to do. And then I want to give them my ideas. And so roughly about two hours. And in the guidebook, I give them this huge checklist that is every part of what we're going to be talking about in the future. And it's um, every part of their event that will be successful. And if they do most of them, not even all of them, if they do most of them, they're setting themselves up for success. And I'm really aware that, you know, my development teams and the volunteers that are doing this are, they're overworked, they're underpaid, they got great hearts. So I'm trying to make their life as easy as possible. Um, and, and, and quite honestly, it makes my life easier. It makes it easier on stage to, you know, be successful for them if we've got everything in place. Absolutely. So I'm a, Big fan of checklists. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We always like to ask our guests if you have a special offer or something that you might consider as a giveaway uh, to listeners of events with podcast or with <laughs> events with benefits. Our podcast here, people that contact you. Is there any anything that you uh, would be prepared to offer them? And I know we didn't talk about this in advance. We kind of put you on the spot. You didn't even know you were going to be a guest today on the show. So we kind of caught you by surprise. But is there anything you might be uh, willing to offer up that we could put into our show notes? You know, I don't know. Gosh, yeah, because you get me on the spot, and I would love to give something. i just got to think what it is because, um, an audience, I am on vacation in Florida and, and going to pick up my wife at the airport. Well, and my kids. you don't have um, to give it away today. I By the you, time they hear this, you're not going to be at the airport. You'll have picked up your wife. I, 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 I hope it's not like I, I we're airing like, this. We're not going to make this podcast available today, Dean. Um, how, no, about a free, how about a, five how, copies of your book? Can I buy five copies of your book and you can give them out to, to, to some random uh, some random listeners? That book is fantastic. 
Well, thanks, bud. I appreciate that. That's my book, Easy Money. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you what, you don't even have to buy it. I just appreciate you promoting the book and giving it a plug. So I'll make sure that I've got five copies available here at Winspire that uh, that we can send out. So not sure how we'll get them to the right people. But if you get inquiries for the book after this podcast is available, if people contact you and say, I want a copy of Danny's book, you let Ian know here at Winspire and we'll get them shipped out right away. We'll give away five copies. Well, you... You tell them to go to mybenefitauctioneer.com. Mybenefitauctioneer.com. That's oh. me. All right. That kind of backfired on me, didn't it? Email me through there and say I, I want that, the book. Ba- that kind of backfired on me. Yeah, because I, I was asking you for something and it came back on me. But that's okay. I'm happy with that. How about a, how about a free consultation? Can you give anybody a free consultation? Oh, absolutely. I give everybody who inquires at least a one-hour consult uh, for free. And they're going to get real ideas out of that, even if they don't book me. You know, I have a mantra. My job is, and and what I love doing is helping organizations thrive. So everybody will get one. And if I can't help them, I can't help them. But um, they're going to walk away with ideas that they can use. Absolutely. All right. Well, our guest today, Dean Crownover, a benefit auctioneer specialist uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia. And Dean, thanks for uh, joining us here on Events with Benefits. You've been just a delight to talk to, and I'm just a big fan of yours as well. So uh, keep up the good work out there. Ian, Danny, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.